Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. I am so happy that you are here today. And I believe that God's word will build you up, will feed you spiritually, and will provide the power, the strength that you need to do all that he has called you to do. Now today, let's go to the book of Philippians chapter 4. I want to show you one verse, and we're going to use this verse to release our faith and trust God for his wonderful care and provision. Praise the Lord. And we're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of God. But as we do, we want to do it based upon God's word. Now, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, the Apostle Paul said, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I made careful search. I, I did an examination, and I did not see any disqualifying scriptures for this that would negate this verse, this word of God from performing or working in your life based upon uh, the limitation of coronavirus. Now, Pastor Stephen, verse 19 is true, and my, but it actually should say, and my God shall supply all your need unless there's COVID-19. No, that's not what it says, is it? The Word of God is true. If you dare to believe it, it will work for you. And my God shall supply all, regardless of what season the nation might be in, regardless of the various difficulties and challenges that perhaps not only our nation would face, but the world would face. God is faithful. He again says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God is not limited. There is no struggle in heaven. God is not laying off angels. God has not stopped new projects because of a shortage or because of some type of epidemic or outbreak. Those things, as you know, they don't exist in heaven. So when you have a covenant with God, the supplier of your need is God, and it is coming from his realm. Now, I know that he works through people, and I know that we live on a planet, but you have to understand the covenant extends from God directly to you through the cross, through the blood of Christ, and you have an exemption from all the calamities and tragedies that are upon the earth. And if you will take God at his word and lean on him and trust him, you will find out that Philippians chapter four, verse 19 works not only when everything's going good and you got a bonus at work and the economy is doing well and the nations of the earth are uh, moving along because the economic engine is working good. You'll find that this verse, this word from God will work for you anytime. But you must believe it, and you must hold to it. 
praise God. I tell you what, some Christians are for the first time in their life, for the first time in their Christian journey, they're actually finding out, uh oh, I'd better start believing the promises of God because I'm up against some negative circumstances. So in certain conditions, it's easy to trust God when everything's going well. But if there is a layoff, if there is a shaking perhaps in your career field, then, oh, uh, then you're going to have to really dig in, which is what many of us have had to do for quite some time. Uh, I have no corporate sponsor. The ministry doesn't have a corporate backing. I don't drive a vehicle around with logos on it from corporate sponsors. Uh, when I leave the studio today, uh, I can look back at the studio. There's not sponsor tags and uh, placards and stuff like that. This building and this ministry sponsored by the so-and-so corporation. We don't have that. This ministry is sponsored by people who are touched by the Holy Spirit and they see the vital work that this ministry is. And because you engage in kingdom dynamics, literally spiritual laws of sowing and reaping, giving and receiving, you find and you know that God supplies all of your need. And so because my trust is in the Lord, the Lord supplies the needs of this ministry. The Lord takes care of me and my wife. The Lord takes care of the staff of the ministry. And we keep not only moving forward, we keep it expanding. So you'll find out where your faith is during times of testing. And if you're in one of those times right now, I say unto you, rejoice, because God's word will prove true to you. I dare you to believe it. Praise God. I want this word to be a living reality in your life. But I've got one more scripture for you today. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. This one many of you know, but if for some of you perhaps that are new, to perhaps the Christian faith or even new to my ministry. Here's one that you're going to come to love. Psalm 112, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. I like it when God says no. I like it when God says that's off limits. I like it when God said, don't go into that area. That area is trespassing into sin. I like it when God tries to protect me and keep me from danger. I like all of God's commandments, not just the ones where he says, yes, this is good. Enjoy that as much as you like. I also like the commandments that say, stop, don't go any further. Don't go into that. You're on Satan's turf. You must delight in God's commandments, delight greatly in them. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Mm -mm. Now this scripture does not promise you a 40,000 square foot home. And for many of you, you probably wouldn't want that because of the heating and air conditioning bill and lighting bill that would be associated with that. But nevertheless, you can have some wealth and riches in your home. And if your home is an apartment or condominium or townhome or, 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 or whatever it is, praise God, traditional type home, there can be some wealth and some riches in your house. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, how do I step into that? Well, by delighting greatly in the commandments of God, serving God, living for God with all of your heart. Praise God. And as you do, 
as you do. He'll bless you. He'll take care of you right in the midst even of a financial storm that could be swirling around. You'll find out that God is a covenant-keeping God, and you'll find out that your source, who is God, is not limited by the things that take place upon the earth, such as famine or pestilence or these other things that at times cycle throughout the earth. This is nothing new to the Lord. The Lord knows how to take care of his people, his covenant people during times of plague or calamity or whatever the case might be. The Lord's, the Lord's done it over and over throughout church history, throughout the history of the Jewish people, going about thousands of years, even to when he protected his people, uh, the Israelites in Egypt, while the Egyptians were being blasted with the judgments of God, with literally the ten plagues. But yet God's people, covenant people, were uh, just moving right along, moving along just fine. Praise God. And I believe that you will experience blessing, that as you trust the Lord, you'll see the provision is there. Always, don't doubt Him, stay in faith. Praise God. Let your praises be high unto the Lord. Glory to God. Now, let us bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. The Lord says that 10% of all of our income belongs to Him. And as we honor Him with the tithe, and as we give offerings unto the Lord, then we are now in a workable financial covenant with God. It's a binding covenant. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Aren't you glad? That in these perilous times, we have a covenant with God. Covenant of salvation, yes. And we have also engaged Him on the platform of a covenant of financial provision. Praise God. Now, those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717. Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code here is 2864. If you prefer to bring in your tithe and your offerings in online, it's safe and secure, and you can do it from anywhere in the world, please visit the ministry website of stephenbrooks.org, stephenbrooks.org, and you can click there on the homepage on that little red tab. It has a heart on it, and it says give, and right there, you can bring your tithes and your offerings directly into the ministry storehouse so that we may continue to preach the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ and His full salvation all around the world. Praise God. Now, Father, I pray for Your people as they delight greatly in Your commandments, the commandment to tithe, the commandment for us to honor you with our finances. They're delighting in that. This is not a drudgery. This is a, this is a moment of joy. Father, I thank you. I pray, Father God, that they know your goodness and your faithfulness and that they would actually increase in these times that are in the earth that would appear to be so distressing. They would be increasing so they are in that position to be blessed, to be a blessing. They are in that position of overflow. That way they could be a good Samaritan when those moments come up. They could help. Uh, they have the money to pour in the oil and the wine. They have the money for the hotel bill. They have the money to be a blessing to other people because they have more than enough. Father, let your people always be in the more than enough. We thank you that you supply all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In his name we pray. Let's shout around the world. Amen. Praise God. Now. 
Today, before we jump into today's message, let me share some uh, fun news, a fun report about what's going on with the podcast. Now, we have different branches of the ministry tree. We have uh, different ways of getting the gospel out there. We have books. We have all kinds of formats. We have, it's like branches on a tree just reaching in all different directions. And uh, we have the television ministry. And some people, they're very good visual learners. They like watching on television. Others prefer, you know, maybe uh, YouTube or these other places where we post, uh, you know, our videos. But then you have other learners that prefer books. But you also have a lot of learners, a lot of uh, students of the Word who are audio listeners, and their number one way of uh, learning is through listening. That They don't even really care if they see it. Now, if they see it, that's cool. Some people like that, and I understand that. I, I like to be a video learner. I like to see uh, the, the expression, the tone, and all of that. But audio, you can catch so much just through audio, and this works really well because there is a place for many people in their careers where you can do what you need to do with your hands because you're so good at it and you've done it for so long, and it frees you up to listen. So you're working while you're listening also at the same time, and that's why we have made a big push on our podcast and uh, it has really, really grown. So I would like to share with you the top 10 listening nations of the world to the podcast, our weekly messages. And the number one nation that listens more than any others, we have the highest amount of listeners, is the good old United States of America, followed by number two, Canada. And then number three, surprisingly, how about this? South Africa, praise the Lord. Four, United Kingdom. Five, Ghana, followed by Indonesia, Germany, Australia, India, and the Russian Federation. Praise God. Isn't this interesting? Many of these countries I've been to, I've been, of course, to United States. Most of the states in our country have been to Canada multiple times to minister, been the UK multiple times to minister, Indonesia quite a few times to minister, Germany multiple times, India, been all over India preaching. So uh, South Africa, I haven't been there yet. If you want me to come to South Africa, those of you way over on the other side of the world at the bottom of the African continent, hallelujah, give me a holler, praise the Lord, because in 2021, we're making uh, our our tra our our itinerary and it is our international itinerary is filling up and uh, let's see what else do we have on here uh, Russian Federation nope haven't been to Russia yet would like to go sometime Pastor Stephen uh, Pastor Stephen are you plotting a Russian collusion perhaps uh, with the gospel yes I'm I'm plotting to preach the gospel all over the world <laughs> and that requires me at times to sometimes be there in person praise the Lord so uh the following countries are after uh, number 10, then we move into uh, number 11, which is Kenya, followed by Mexico, Barbados, Trinidad and Tobago, Argentina, Singapore, Malaysia, Belgium, Angola, Ireland, Nigeria, Pakistan, Austria, Netherlands, Brazil, Ukraine. So uh, we have a lot of people that are listening through the podcast. And let me share this. Um, we have developed the podcast so that you can pick the podcast 
podcast platform that you prefer because everybody likes their different, uh, you know, listening app. And so for many of you, uh, you'll hear one that you'll like. And all you have to do, of course, is go to the settings on your smartphone or your tablet and uh, just go go to SETI, excuse me, go into your app store and then just type in in the search area the, uh, you know, the podcast that you would like to choose. And we have iTunes. We're available on iTunes. And uh, we are available on, let's see, which one is this? SoundCloud. And we're also available on Podbean. Podbean, I have to admit, is probably my favorite. We're available on Podcast Addict. We're available on Spotify. We have a lot of viewers or listeners on Spotify. We're available on the Amazon and Alexa podcast. We're available on the Deezer podcast. We're available on Stitcher, which is also Sirius XM. We're available on the Blueberry podcast. Uh, Here's a new one that was just added, and it's a really good one. It's the iHeart podcast player. We're available there. Uh, You can listen, if you prefer, on castbox.fm, also Pocket Cast, or Google Podcast, or you could turn into uh, what's called TuneIn Radio. We also have Overcast FM app and the Castro FM app, and then Listen Notes. Woo! Praise the Lord. So that's 13 different podcast platforms, and um, they're all good. It's just kind of whatever one, you know, tickles your 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 fancy, so to speak. But my friends, if you're, um, if you're driving or on a long trip or something like that, and you don't really have reception for video streaming, well, just download it on your podcast and then click to follow. And then every time that we upload the new messages for a new message for Sunday, a new message for Wednesday, it will go directly to your podcast and you can, uh, you'll get a notification and you can keep up with the good word that's coming out. Praise the Lord. So we praise God for these efforts to present the gospel in as many different platforms as we can. Praise the Lord. All right. Now let's jump into today's message, which is called, uh, how about this? Uh, I want to take you today on a journey of deep diving. So I'm going to title this, go with me on a deep dive. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we, we rejoice that your word is worthy of being proclaimed all around the world. And Father, everybody that participates in supporting the preaching of your gospel, we just thank you for the, the thrill of the opportunity of being able to send your word and uh, see people saved and see your people that are already born again, built up strong in the faith. So Father, as we jump into your word today, we ask that your Holy Spirit would anoint it and that he would illuminate the eyes of our understanding so that today's message, we can take it and begin to work it into our lives and enjoy the beautiful fruit that your word produces. Now, we thank you for this. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Let us say amen. Praise the Lord. All right. So, what I would like to do before I jump into the first scripture I would like to read to you an email that I received that caused me to consider teaching on today's subject. And the email that I'm going to read to you seems to be uh, quite repetitive of what I've been getting over particularly the last two or three weeks. 
Uh, and so when I'm getting a consistent email request for me to speak on a particular subject and it's coming in through multiple people, then I know, well, if that many people are actually contacting me, there's probably a lot more that have actually thought about this particular subject and they would like some more information on it. We're going to talk about this subject today. And this is the email that I've gotten. Pastor Stephen, how do I get quiet in prayer? I have the praying in tongues part down pat. And there's lots of time that the Holy Spirit quickens me about things while I'm praying. But the hardest part is the getting very, very still part. I know you taught on this, but what's your advice for me? I haven't been able to stay still longer than 15 minutes. This is sent from one of our online church members. And I want you to understand, my friends, that this is a very common Question. This is something that I asked uh, years back when I was on the same spiritual quest of drawing near to the Lord. How do you get quiet? How do you uh, get into this place where you and the Lord actually start having, maybe we could call it like a you know, direct conversation? Because if prayer is only one way, uh, just us talking to God, and that's all that ever happens, then that's not even the description of prayer. Prayer is two-way communication. It's us, yes, talking to the Lord, but it's also the response. Uh, can you imagine the futility uh, of praying and, and God never answered or never talked? You'd be like, well, uh, th there's not much to this. Well, it wouldn't be, and it, uh, you would have to redefine prayer. So prayer is two-way communication. It's us and God uh, we're talking to him, and he's also talking back. And let me be the first to say, yes, God is alive. <laughs> he certainly can talk. Wow. Just moments before I came to preach this message to you, I'd been in prayer um, for quite some time, quite some time. And uh, an apostle in Nigeria, uh, he had contacted me and said, Pastor Stephen, do you have a word for me? Would the, would the Lord give you something for me to share with me going into the new year? And because he's so close to my heart and he's, he's a very godly man. This is a man that prays hours and hours every day and has a beautiful work of the Lord. Uh, I, I told him, I emailed him back and I said, I said, give me some time and let me see what the Lord would say. And right before I stepped up to speak to you today, just out of the blue, the Lord spoke to me and told me, this is what I want him to step into in the, in the coming year. And if he'll do it, I'll bless him in it. I said, Lord, I'll be sure uh, to share that with him after I have ministered to your people today. Well, Pastor Stephen, how did God just like talk to you like that? Um, I want to get into that subject today. Praise the Lord. Now, let me take you to 1 Kings. Let's go over the first Kings chapter 19. And the first thing that you're going to need to do, you're going to go with me. We're going to dive deep. The first thing that you're going to have to do, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking symbolic just for a moment, is you're going to have to go find a cave that you can go into. Now, I'm just going to tell you how I dive deep. I'm going to tell you uh, how I hear from the Lord so that my ministry is effective, not just in preaching. And by the way, I have to hear from him in, in preaching also. I don't just get up and do canned sermons. 
and, and even if a minister did do that, but you, did, you didn't have an anointing, it's still not going to go that well. Uh, the truth is with an anointing, you can do all kinds of things. You can preach a canned sermon, but it'll come alive if there has been preparation and there's an anointing. But the first thing that you're going to have to do to get into a place of really getting still and really getting quiet is you're going to have to go into a cave. Let me see if I can explain this to you. First uh, Kings chapter 19. Let's go to verse eight. So he that would be the prophet Elijah. Now, if you're a prophet and you can't hear from God, uh, you're, you're probably in the wrong occupation. <laughs> Out of all the fivefold ministries, uh, you have the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. We all identify the prophet's ministry with the one that has more weightiness of actually hearing from God. And, and it does. I would have to say that while the other ministries do uh, center around hearing from God, the prophet's ministry uh, requires even more so. Because the prophet's ministry is going to have uh, the gifts of the Spirit associated with it. And one of those gifts will always be the gift of prophecy. Now, you're also going to have some revelation gifts that would need to be involved in that. And the Holy Spirit will give those as supernatural equipment to the man or woman called into the ministry office of the prophet. But you will definitely have the gift of prophecy associated with any uh, true prophetic ministry office calling. And so that requires hearing from the Lord. And that's what we're talking about today, diving deep so that we can hear. Now, he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Wouldn't it be nice <laughs> to eat a meal, and it's so satisfying, you're so filled up because it's a supernatural meal, that you wouldn't have to eat again for another 40 days? I mean, I, I like eating simply for the pleasure of taste, but sometimes, you know, you, it just takes up so much time. You know, you got to stop again, go, go drive somewhere and uh, go eat, and maybe there's a line or something like that. You'd save a lot of time, wouldn't you, if you didn't have to eat for 40 days. You could just spend the whole time with the Lord in a cave. Praise God. Now, verse 9, and there he went. Put yourself in that place. Uh, there Joe went. There John went. There Susie went. Okay. Whatever your name might be. And there he went into a luxury palace. No, <laughs> Not that God can't speak in a hotel or a nice, nice place or something like that. But I'm just talking about simpler ways that you can be very consistent in the deep dive hearing from God. And there he went into a cave. Ooh, Pastor Stephen, but aren't there like scorpions in caves or maybe like a snake could crawl into a cave? Pastor Stephen, maybe a bat. Pastor Stephen, what if you sat down on a rock in a cave and what if it, there was bat guana on it? I mean, Pastor Stephen, this, this is a cave. Well, you know, uh, this is where he went. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Well, I, I would be willing to crawl into a cave. Not, not that I would be excited about that, because there probably could be a snake or scorpion in there. But if that's where God wants to meet me at, and that's where he's going to be talking at, well, uh, 
we're just going to go ahead and go into the cave. Uh, the truth be told, uh, Prophet William Branham, uh, and he passed away many years ago. But those of you that have read his biography or have read into his life, you probably eventually came across uh, the story of where he actually had a cave that was revealed to him by an angel. And he went uh, into that cave, and that's where he had many angelic visitations. And it was very hard to get into it. He had to crawl down into it and then crawl kind of like over a certain rock or a boulder. And, and then he could go into this area where it opened up. And he would just sometimes spend days in there just laying. There was a stone slab area just laying in that cave uh, praying. And uh, he said sometimes people would come looking for him. One time a, a couple of men were looking for him. And Brother Branham, where are you at? And they came right to the foot of the cave, but the entrance of the cave was only about this big. You had to crawl into it, and you couldn't see it because of the, the bushes and the grass and the weeds and stuff like that. And he, he said he was laying inside the cave, and he could hear them talking outside. Where do you think he's at? We've looked everywhere for him. But he never told anybody where that cave was at. But later in his life, uh, he did tell one man, and uh, that man actually... Uh, later went and uh, verified it, and uh, he, he took pictures of it. I think it's on the Internet and stuff like that of the cave. But, of course, uh, please don't ever forget a cave. A cave is still a cave. <laughs> it's still just a cave. Uh, it's dark. It's damp. Uh, but here's, here's the thing with the cave. For me, I find it very difficult to pray in a room with windows on a beautiful sunny day where I can look outside while I'm trying to pray and I can see how beautiful the weather is, not a cloud in the sky. And I, you know, and my soulish nature thinks, you know, uh, you know, it's such a beautiful day. Think of all the things we could get done. You know what? Maybe we should just pray later. You'll fight that. You'll fight that all the time in these settings unless you're in a cave like setting. So you're going to have to do something to fabricate a cave, whether it's a prayer closet, which is what the Lord referred to, basically a place that will block out all of the distractions. Uh, and a lot, there's distractions not only of what you can see, but also preferably you want to try to block out as many distractions of sound as possible. Now, of course, before I do this, I have to tell my wife where I'm at, and I usually tell her how long I anticipate being in there. Now, if I start running overtime or I feel like, you know what? I think I'd like to stay longer Then sometimes I'll pop out. Uh, but I, I don't just pop out randomly. I kind of like set time goals. Like if I want to go an hour, I'll stay an hour. If I'm going two hours, I'll stay two hours. Then if I need to, I'll pop out, check things that I need to check, talk to my wife, make sure everything's cool. So if I feel I need to go back, I'll go back in. But while I'm in there, I tried to eliminate as many distracting type possibilities as I can. That would include sound. And so if I have to, I'll take my phone and I've got the, the noise machine on my phone, which is an app. And, you know, you can have the white noise, pink noise, brown noise. Brown noise has a little more bass in it. And uh, you just turn the brown noise up and it sounds like a fan. Well, I can I, I take that and I put that over by the door. And then if I'm there in a dark area, maybe there's a light on, but I can't see anything. Then then knowing that I'm freed up and that I'm not going to be interrupted, then I can really start to uh, dive deep. Praise the Lord. But I can't dive deep. Um, uh, 
you know, with all this stuff going on and uh, all these distractions. I could, if I needed to, I could, I could press past all of that. But we're talking about your daily walk with the Lord. So as far as a daily walk with the Lord, I have to try to eliminate visual distractions. I have to try to eliminate audio distractions so that I can focus on getting quiet and getting into the presence of the Lord. There are some things that can help also in this. One of these things is actually very old. And uh, uh, let me give you a scripture uh, regarding this. Acts chapter 18. Praise the Lord. Let's leave the cave. Uh, and of course, Elijah didn't stay in the cave forever. That was just a visit. By the way, I have been to the residence of the Apostle Thomas, the original, one of the original 12. And, you know, of course, after the Lord ascended into heaven, the various apostles, they, you know, they just merged into their various apostolic ministries. And the Apostle Thomas did a lot of travel, but he ended up in India. Now, he also ministered in Pakistan, oh, that, which is much farther north. And it's reported that he also made a trip into China, as well as a trip into the area of modern-day Iran. So he covered tremendous mileage. But uh, he spent a lot of time in South India, in the area known today as Chennai. So there in South India is the cave that the Apostle Thomas lived in. And yes, it is a real cave. <laughs> and of course, when you go into it, you think, yeah, a cave is just a cave. You can only decorate a cave so well. It's just a bunch of stone and it's, um, you know, it's, it could be a little bit claustrophobic. But uh, uh, that's where he lived at until he was martyred. Praise the Lord. Now, we're moving on beyond the cave. And find yourself a secluded place that buffers noise and visual distract uh, distractions and go into that. Here's something that helps me. Acts chapter 18, verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus. Now remember, he, uh, uh, he's Jewish. A certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, so this is, this is a type of work, a career field, he stayed with them and worked for, by occupation they were tent makers. Okay, so we're going just for a moment from the cave, which helps us to deep dive into a place where we can get quiet inwardly. Now we're going over here to the subject of Paul and Aquila and Priscilla, who were tent makers. But remember, they're all three Jewish. And there are theologians in the church reaching back into the the roots of the faith, which are uh, Judaic roots. And there are many theologians who say that the rabbis have taught that this tent making is not the making of a camping tent. Pastor Stephen, let's go camping this weekend and let's load up the cooler with food and drinks and let's take our kayaks and our canoes, go down to the river, have a campfire, 
and stay in the tent. But uh, certain theologians say that's not the kind of tents they made. The tents that are being referred to are what we know as the, the prayer shawls. Now, here's my prayer shawl that I use, and I, I got this from a rabbi in uh, Jerusalem on Ben Yehuda Street. And, I, of course, I, I like this because, as you can see, we have the North Carolina blue here. That, that's the sky blue colors. And they made it just for me. Well, not really. They didn't make it for me. They made it for whoever would buy it. <laughs> but it's not very often you see the sky blue or the Carolina blue colors. So I said, that one is the one for me. But here's the thing. There have been times when I have deep dived and I'm in the spirit. And I have actually had the Holy Spirit tell me, begin to pull out a prayer because you're going to, you're about to get a phone call and you've left the volume on your phone all the way up and you didn't turn it off. And the phone's right next to your head. He's actually told me this. And if, and if you don't pull out, that's going to go off and it's going to, it's going to shock you. It's going to, it's going to disturb this deep peace that you're in. And I said, Oh, Oh, thank you. Holy spirit. Reach up to grab my phone, turn the volume down. The moment I've turned the volume down, the phone rings. And I said, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. And it would be something that I, I needed to catch. So he, he's very, very um, helpful. Why? Because you go into a holy place and you don't want that interrupted. It's, it's sacred. It's worship. And the thing with the prayer shawl is that when you go into this tent, you go into your, oh, Pastor Stephen, but if I use it, it's going to mess up my hair. Yeah, it probably will. Who cares? You know, fix your hair before you go out. As you go into your tent, you can have more of a secret chamber. In other words, you may not have a cave you can slip into, but you can go over into the corner of the room. You could put your, uh, your prayer shawl over yourself, and that way if somebody walks into the room all, all of a sudden, because maybe you can't walk the door, uh, you, you can't lock that door. So if they come in real quick... And they, you know, if you're just there openly praying, it's kind of awkward, not only for you, but for them too. But if you have your prayer shawl and you're covered with that, uh, they don't, they don't, you're still kind of in your little secret place and you don't need a prayer shawl uh, for it. You don't have to go buy your, you know, like a tent at the camping store. You can get a big towel, get a beach towel. It does the same thing. But uh, of course, if you're uh, on a plane underneath the beach towel, they might think, I wonder what that person's doing. We better check, make sure he's not doing anything suspicious. But if you have a prayer shawl, and I've seen, I've seen rabbis pull these out on airplanes before on long international flights, and they'll cover themselves with it while they're praying. They don't want to be distracted. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes, my friends. So uh, deep diving, do your part to try to eliminate various distractions, and as you do that, uh, the Lord sees that effort. Praise God. Oh, by, by the way, we are working on the initial plans for a 2021 Israel tour. It's going to be in the early part of November, and those of you that go with me and Pastor Kelly, I'll take you to the store that has the most beautiful prayer shawls in the world. Ones you can't get anywhere else. Ones you can't buy on the internet with colors that are so beautiful. And uh, you hardly see anybody wear some of these creations that have been made 
by these uh, experts who put these beautiful prayer shawls together. I'll take you there. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. We'll have more information about, of course, the Israel tour uh, on the website as soon as we get all of that together. And we'll put it out on an email and stuff like that. But you need a, you need a, a place where you can go into and get quiet. That's, that's very, very important. Number two, and it's a big one. Are you ready for this? In order to deep dive and get into the spirit and really hear from the Lord, you will very quickly realize that the greatest thing that you will ever contend with in life is not the devil. It's your flesh. Remember, if the devil is, is going to attempt you, he's going to have to tempt you through the medium of your flesh. Or I would say it like this, his temptation will be directed to one of your five physical senses. Because that's how he has to work. He is a flesh devil. He's not made of flesh, but he's, what I'm trying to say is he's carnal. He, he's sensual. He's, he's on like a dirt level. So he's a spirit being who is spiritually dead, but he's going to attack you, and that attack will come against your flesh. So the greatest challenge of getting quiet getting into the presence of the Lord that you will ever face is the silliness of the Adamic nature that we all have. It's having to deal with the flesh. And we see that very clearly in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I, th I thought that was just me. Uh, no, it's for anybody that's human. Praise God. And I take it, of course, that that would be you. Now, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, so he's writing to believers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is, which is your reasonable service. So here's the great challenge of your body being presented to God in prayer, your prayer time, your devotional time. Here's the challenge you run into with presenting yourself, because your, your spirit, soul, and body is that as a living sacrifice, any, think about it in a real way. If you have an altar, and there's flames on it, and there's fire on it, and you're not putting the dead sacrifice on the altar that's already been killed, you're going to put a living sacrifice on that altar. That thing's going to be kicking. That thing's going to be squealing, struggling, fighting. Get me off of here. This hurts. This burns. This is killing me. And God's going, yes, it's a wonderful experience. The flesh is getting barbecued. Finally, they are allowing their flesh to be crucified. And that is why you can feel so edgy and agitated. Not, not when you're out having fun, doing your hobby or doing your fun thing, but when you're praying. Why? It's the living sacrifice, kicking, squirming, fighting, the dying process that you go through. The dying of what? The Adamic nature, the flesh nature. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. And wow, can it ever make a big fuss on the sacrificial fires? Mm -hmm. It'll give you a million reasons um, why you shouldn't pray now. It'll give you a million reasons uh, of different things that you could do that would be supposedly more fruitful or more beneficial. Wow, I mean, I'm telling you, you'll, you'll be shocked at the creativity of your flesh to get off the sacrificial fire, and to go do something else instead. Pastor Stephen, what should I do? Well, you're already there. 
you're already on the fire. Just go ahead and die out to the flesh. Pastor Stephen, but I, I'm going through all of this uh, edginess and uh, squirminess and all of this. Edginess. Yeah, it's normal. It's normal. This is really helping somebody. Praise God. How about this one? You ready for this one? First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Beloved, again, he's writing to believers. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. That's that the soulish nature that you have. Remember, you are a spirit. Your spirit's been born again. You have a soul. Your soul is not born again. Your soul is being renewed. Your mind, your will, your emotions, they're being renewed. And you know your flesh is not saved. Now, one day we will have glorified bodies that we're raised up with. But right now, you have to crucify the flesh nature and not let the soulish nature hijack the life that your spirit wants to live. So there are these raging lusts which wage war against the soul. So you go in your little, little prayer closet, you go in your cave with your Bible, your pen, maybe a coffee. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I'm going to go have peace with God. Pastor Stephen, I'm going to go lay down beside the beautiful streams on the green velvety grass of God's garden. And you get in there and suddenly there's like a war going on. What in the world is happening? It's your flesh not wanting to go into the presence of the Lord. Woo! Not wanting to deal with issues. Not wanting to deal with addictions. Not wanting to deal with, uh, you know, uh, Whatever it's getting away with, if it is getting away with something, wow, and it'll, it'll put up quite a, uh, a ball and a squall and a big kick where you have to just keep diving, keep diving deep, don't, don't, don't surface, just keep going down, keep going down. As you're going through this process of being the living sacrifice on the fire, it is extremely normal. It is very, very normal to have drifting thoughts. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, I thought that didn't happen to Moses and Elijah and to Peter and to Paul and all of the great ministers of today. Nope, happens to every single person that's human. Woo, praise the Lord. Drifting thoughts. Weird thoughts. You'll be trying to pray and you start, stuff starts floating up in your soul from 40 years ago. Lord, I, I'm having thoughts of when I was on a swing when I was eight years old. Boy, that's weird. Lord, I'm having thoughts of that pizza I ate at that restaurant there when I visited that city uh, 28 years ago. And all kinds of weird stuff starts floating up. What's going on? It's the soul nature, the flesh nature burning off. Let it, let it rise to the top and just burn off and evaporate. That's the goofy stuff coming up. It's getting cooked off. Let it go. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, how, how long does this burn off take? That's, now that's, that's a phenomenal question. And that's what the emails have been asking me, basically. How long until I can get quiet and peaceful? Even if you don't know the mechanics of it, which we're discussing today, perhaps the behind-the-scenes behind the mechanics of, of the deeper prayer life, of diving deep, how long? 
It can be different every single time. It can be very, very real, very literally. It could be 30 minutes that all this goofy soul stuff goes on. Drifting thoughts, can't get locked in, mind all over the place, wandering thoughts. It could take 30 minutes before that starts to evaporate and leaves you. And if you walk out of your prayer closet, if you leave your cave before then thinking, well, I, I don't I don't get what's up with prayer. It doesn't do anything for me. I feel like I'm wasting my time. Then you never you never dove deep enough to where you could start hearing from God. You you surfaced and you left and you never got into that place that you can get into if you'll just keep diving deeper and it takes time and there have there have been times that it's taken me and I'm not I'm not exaggerating it has taken me sometimes several hours just to get into that place now here's what I want to say I'll give a little caveat to that caveat or however you say it if there is resistance like that where you're like What's up with all these distractions and you try and it just and it goes on 30 minutes an hour or an hour 20 uh, antennas up there could be blockage because you're going to push into a revelation or you're about to push into something supernatural and that's why sometimes the enemy although he doesn't know what God is doing because the enemy is in the spirit realm sometimes they can pick things up. Or maybe see things from a distance that you cannot quite pick up yet because you haven't pushed into it. And they'll put up a big smoke and mirror job. And you'll feel like nothing's going on. And it'll seem like, as it, as it says in the Bible, brass heavens. And you'll think, well, what am I even praying for? I might as well just go out and do something else. That's usually a major fake out that the enemy's trying to do. Trying to really fake you out so you will walk out and leave and not stay. You should know that if you're pushing and pushing and you're just like, what is going on? You should know something's up. The enemy is on purpose now trying to um, divide your attention or get you just to leave. So I would actually say on unusual cases like that, um, push, push harder. One time I pushed to the point of uh, it was right at three hours, right at the three hour mark. And I was totally depleted, totally exhausted. But I said, Lord, um, you know, I haven't even gotten to your presence yet, but I'm not going to quit. But I had a glorious visitation from the Lord that took place just about 11 minutes after that. So it took about three hours and 11 minutes, but it was worth it. It took me into something that had it not happened. Wow. I would have missed a, a huge blessing, but I caught it. And you're going to catch all that God has for you too, because you're diving deep. And you're going to be having tremendous fellowship with the Lord. Mm -mm. Lord, we give you praise today. So all this flame up stuff of the flesh, the soulish nature of the flesh, agitations, uneasiness, body, your, your body kind of like also giving you signals. Hey, I'm not comfortable. You know, I'm hungry. Uh, uh, you know, we should order a pizza or, you know, it's a good day for ice cream and on and on it goes all that stuff. You have to just keep sitting there or kneeling there or whatever works for you. But but just stay there. Stay there. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Let's go a little further. This now will be Psalm 65. Psalm 65, verse 7. We're still diving deep. 
We're diving deep. Praise God. Psalm 65, verse 7. You, this is referring to God, who steal the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, the tumult of the peoples. Now, people that don't know God, or sometimes even, we could even apply it to Christians who are in the flesh, are often symbolically pictured in Scripture as waves. You who steal the noise of the seas. A sea can make a lot of noise. Uh, and the larger the seas get with the wave size and all that, you have a whole lot of noise going on. The noise of their waves, the tumult of the peoples, all this noise, all this agitation, all this noise. Again, that's what you're wanting to move away from. Pastor Stephen, how do you do it? You, you dive deep. Now, I, I'm familiar with many of the scriptures of going up. Isaiah chapter 40. And going up like, like an eagle that has renewed its strength because it's waited upon the Lord. So there are the verses that speak to ascendancy. But there's also verses and pictures in the word that speak of going underneath it. And going into the place of peace beneath the roaring waves. And today, I would like for you to continue with me on a deep dive to the place where we're going to eventually reach the ocean floor of your heart. The bedrock of who you really are in Christ. Praise God. Picture yourself, please, today. As a nuclear submarine that is aware of what's going on upon the surface of the seas, perhaps gigantic waves, a dangerous place for any ship to be. But the submarine realizes it has a unique ability, and that's its ability to go down. And it can dive deep and go down and down. And the further down you go, there's uh, it, the quieter. And the stealer, it becomes almost like going into a cave, a dark world of quietness, a world of mystery, a world where very few people uh, ever see or go. Praise the Lord. And I believe that the Lord wants you to dive deep with Him. We see another scripture in Jude, right before the book of Revelation. Jude chapter 1. And of course, we only have... One chapter, so it's very easy to find. Jude 1, verse 12. These are spots in your love feast, while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds. Late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. Watch this. Raging waves of the sea. Foaming up their own shame. Wow. So there are people that are like raging waves. And you get a bunch of these people together. Or you get all this noise. And you get all of this stuff that's in the world of this noise, noise, raging, raging waves. There is a way to deep dive. Woo. Hallelujah. Going down. Down. Far, far away from all that craziness. 
So you're going to go down so that you can hear from the Lord what the Lord is truly saying. Now, I had something. I'm not going to go into the full testimony, but I had something sacred happen to me some years back when I was in my office one night. And I was actually on the phone. It was late at night. And I was talking to Kelly. She was at the house. I was at the ministry office. And we're talking on the phone. While we're talking on the phone, I suddenly knew that something very special was taking place. I said, Kelly, I said, I have to get off the phone right now. And she was right in the middle of sharing something with me. I said, I have to get off the phone right now. She said, why? I said, I have to get off the phone right now. And she understood why. She said, okay, I'll talk to you later. I hung up the phone and looked up, and there he was. I knew he had come into the, into the office. The Lord Jesus was standing there. He had appeared to me in a vision. And I'm seeing him in the vision. He's standing right there. And he didn't look happy because I had gone through a great trial. And in that trial, I had uh, allowed some doubt to come into my heart. I had doubted the, the power of God to deliver. And so the Lord came to me and said, we need to get to the bottom of this. And there, there have been times I've had uh, these glorious encounters with the Lord, and you're so happy to see him. But when I saw him this time, I knew it was on a different uh, a dealing because I had let him down. I had doubted him. And so when he came this time, it's not like you're like, hey, I just knew he was there. And I knew that, yes, this had to be dealt with. He said, we need to get to the bottom of this. And he stepped inside of Stephen Brooks. And we began to go down inside of my spirit. Now, there is a scripture in the book of Proverbs that says the spirit of man is vast on the inside. And it is. Your spirit has tremendous capacity. Well, when the Lord stepped into my spirit, we began to go down. It was like we got on an inside elevator on the inside of me. And we began to go down. I mean, like floor after floor after floor. And I'm not talking like 10 or 20 floors. I'm talking like maybe like, a, you know, 90 or 100 floors. We're just going down, 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 down. And then finally, the elevator went as far down as it could go. And the door opened. And me and Jesus stepped out of this interior elevator of my spirit. We stepped out. And when we stepped out, we were on the bottom bedrock floor of my spirit. We were on the ocean floor of my heart. Now, if you go out on the ocean and, you know, you, you drop something down, eventually it's going to hit the ocean floor. And there may be some sand or something like that. But underneath that, there's rock. There's bedrock. Well, your spirit also has that, that type of a formation. And we stepped out of the elevator onto the ocean floor of my heart. And that's when the Lord shared some remarkable things with me. One of the things he, he told me is he pointed uh, in a certain direction. And when he pointed, there was a billboard there. And the billboard had these words written on it. And I could look at the words. And the Lord said to me, he said, what are you going to do about that? Woo! You know, you know what the billboard said? It said, and I read it. It said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Wow. Wow. He said, what are you going to do about that? Woo! What an encounter. Wow. Nobody else like you. 
Well, the experience that I had was something that allowed me again to see that with the Lord, He can go very deep within you, but you need to make that effort to dive deep so you can meet Him. Praise God. And get down to these real issues. You know, in math, you want to work it down to the lowest common denominator. Bring it all down. Let's, let's understand this and fix this. Praise God. And that's what the Lord will do with you. But if you're up there on the surface with all this raging and all this stuff going on, it is very, very difficult to hear the Lord unless He grants you a sovereign type experience and you're able to hear Him because He shouts over the waves, He shouts over the noise. But that is not His preferred way of dealing with His people. Praise God. So I'm encouraging you. Deep dive. Woo! Go into your cave and deep dive. Praise God. Get quiet. Get quiet. And as you get into that place, somewhere eventually, the, the fires of God begin to burn up all the anxiety, all of the distractions, everything that you're saying no to that screams at you. Somewhere along your deep dive, that stuff, and I can't tell you exactly when it is. You may not even notice it. I usually don't even notice it. It plays out, and it's done, and it can't reach you anymore. Wow, you've gone so deep, it can't reach that far down. And you just keep going, and then it's just you and the Lord. And when it's you and the Lord, that's when the, the oil of the Spirit starts to drip into you. That's when the life of God starts to get imparted into you. And that's, that's when you start getting things from the Lord. Woo, hallelujah, glory to God. And also that time spent with the Lord like that, when you come out of it, that dripping of oil still continues and revelation still continues to flow. Praise God. I have seen many Christians who rush into a devotional time, rush into a prayer, and 10 minutes later, they're done. And they think they have scaled Mount Everest. And I understand, yes, they're young in the Lord. But there must be discipleship. See, it must be more than a conversion. I receive Christ. I don't want to go to hell. So I take Christ as my Savior. That's good. But Jesus didn't necessarily say make, make con converts, although there is a conversion experience. We understand that. But he said make disciples. And he said commanding them to obey all commandments, teaching them and instructing them to obey. See, the commandments of God are not optional. They're not optional. And so when you teach them, when you disciple them, what is a disciple? Someone under discipline. The, and that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. If you don't have any discipline in your life, you're running wild. You're running wild, and you never develop into uh, the man, the woman that God wants you to be. So, you disciplined yourself. You say, I'm not leaving this place. I'm staying here. I hear, I hear all the stuff, you know, that's, that's after my attention, but I'm staying with the Lord. And as you discipline yourself, the strength of God comes into you. Praise God. Mm -mm. And yes, yes, you, you enter into deep discipleship with the Lord. And, and the commandments of God become beautiful to you, not burdensome. You're like, wow, these are liberating. This is freedom. This is what real truth is. This is where the real joy is at. 
Hallelujah. But oh yes, you'll get that hearing ear. You absolutely will. But you're going to have to dive deep. And that's not this little, this little thing, run in, run out. Um, that is a Western form of Christianity that has become, I would call, celebrity Christianity. And if you try to live it and you try to walk it out, uh, you're going to become very disappointed when real trials hit your life. Because that, um, that's not enough to carry you through difficult times. You're going to have to go deeper. And trust me, if there are difficult times, what are you going to need? You're going to need to be able to hear from God. So be willing to put the time in and dive deep. And it's, it's different every, every time. You know, um, it, it may take 20 minutes and you're, you're there. But there could be other times it may take an hour and 20 minutes. Don't think that, you know, oh, I, this, I must have some kind of a strange life. No, it's like that. It's like that for all believers. You have to push. You have to push. You have to put your time in. You have to put your time in. I've had it happen with sermons, with other times I've needed to hear from the Lord. And I'm just like, Lord, I'm not hearing. What do I do? There's only one thing I can do. Keep waiting. Keep sitting. Keep diving. Don't, don't resurface. Well, we need to come up for fresh air. And we need to come up for, you know, some beef stroganoff. And we need to come. Uh, look, we can pull in the port later. We can pull into the harbor later and replenish everything. Because really, the uh, submarine can stay under just as long as you've got food. And see yourself as a nuclear submarine. You're submerged. You're submerging until you get the revelation. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then you can come out. Then you can come out. Mm-mm. Here's the thing. When you have deep dived and you've been in the spirit and then you come up, maybe, maybe an hour, 20 minutes later. I don't know. Maybe you got lost in the glory. Maybe three hours later and you come up. You know, the first thing you'll notice all those crazy distractions that earlier were like, go do this. Go do that. Do the, they're like, they're meaningless. You look at them and you're just like, that doesn't mean anything to me anymore. At least it doesn't right now. Now, this is something to continue to walk in. But you'll come out of that deep dive and you'll be like, wow, I am so glad I didn't trade that eternal impartation, that weighty glory that I've just had with God. I'm so glad I didn't trade that to go out and do that thing that was just, you know, like, you know, highlighted itself as the greatest thing you could ever do. And there are a lot of fun things you can do. But you know what? Without the Lord, all those things lose their life. Praise God. But in the Lord, in the Lord, when you come out of that, what you do uh, walk in, it has much deeper enjoyment. Praise the Lord. First Timothy chapter four. First Timothy chapter four. Praise God. Verse 8. For bodily exercise profits a little. Notice that he didn't say it was worthless. That you shouldn't do any. He just said it has a little profit. There's not much profit in it. For bodily exercise profits a little. But godliness. Deep diving into spirit. But godliness is profitable for all things Having promise of the life that now is, that's good, and of that which is to come. You get prepped for eternity while you're down here. You realize what it's all about. Not when you die and go there while you're still 
down here. You realize what's really valuable, what really counts, what the heart of God is really all about while you're living here. Praise God. Mm -mm. But you'll never pick that up if you're just up on the surface all the time with all the raves, all the waves and the raging and all the noise and all the chaos and the confusion and all the storm. You're going to have to deep dive and get real quiet. Mm -mm. Take your submarine all the way to the bottom. And I guess we can't use the word park it, but just take it down there real quiet. Nobody can see you. You're in the deep, dark depths and just. You know, put it in neutral and just hang out for a while. Praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I, I have found personally that while I do pray during the day at uh, certain times, I always tried to pray uh, early in the morning when it's still dark. Why? Uh, several reasons. Uh, first of all, this thing's quiet. Okay, all these uh, texts are coming in, and I don't mind texts, and I don't mind emails. I like all of that. It's a part of life. That's, that's all cool. But it really gets real quiet and calm, uh, you know, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. So this thing is not uh, like a, a distraction. So this thing's off. All I use that for is just to check time. Praise the Lord. And, and, of course, turn the little light on uh, so I can see what I'm doing, how I can make my coffee in the dark. Praise the Lord so I don't spill anything. But, my friends, you'll find that if you dive deep early in the morning, your soul, here's something very important, your soul will naturally be quieter. It'll be real calm and real quiet. Now, as you sit there in that chair and you pray and you meditate and you spend time with God, you speak in tongues. You just fellowship with the Lord. You worship. Whatever you do, however you do it, but you're, you and your thing with God. You'll find that as you sit there, it could still, it could still take a little time for your soul to calm down. But sometimes your soul is already just, it's like, it's like a, a lake where there's no wind and it looks like glass. I have seen the Sea of Galilee in Israel. Some days it looks like glass. I mean, not a wind blowing, not a leaf moving on a tree. And you look at the water and it just whoosh, looks like crystal. But I've seen it other days with high winds and you, you wouldn't want to be out there. I can could, I could clearly understand how they were sinking in the boat, Jesus and the apostles, with that raging storm. I could clearly see how it could be because I thought, whoo, I wouldn't want to be out there, out there on a day like today. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. But early in the morning, early in the morning, your soul, uh, you'll get a great hit start with your soul because it's going to be much more calm and relaxed. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. And if you lean into that, you'll be very productive, very productive. Uh, let me say this. In most levels of athletics, it usually requires a two-day workout. And anytime you start getting serious into a certain athletic field and you want to do really good at it, you're probably going to have to do a morning workout and then later uh, that same day in the afternoon you'll do your other workout. So you'll notice that if you get up early in the morning while it's still dark and you pray, your soul's real calm, real quiet, you could have a good time with the Lord. But you'll also find out a bonus that because you did that in the morning, if you come back later 
in the afternoon and maybe you want to pray again, that same anointing is still writing. So you can jump right back into that smoothness much easier than you could if you had missed all of that previous prayer time. And now for the first time you're, you're trying to pray, which could be extremely difficult to uh, get your soul quiet in situations like that. So you want to do all that you can where you're building your life. You're actually structuring and ordering your life actually around your prayer time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And when you're getting disciplined about uh, your prayer time and you move other stuff to work with your prayer time. And, and, and you, so you're putting your prayer time first. Then um, you're going to have some, some of the most incredible deep dive experiences with the Lord. And that is that place you get into. You start hearing from the Lord. Praise God. You start getting very clear directions. A very strong inward witness of the spirit of knowing what God wants you to do for that day, for that season, for that year, and so forth. Praise the Lord. And I believe this is the way the Lord operated. We see that in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. He got up very early, a long time before the sun ever came up. So there are some things that work so well. I would discourage you from trying to reinvent the wheel. I would say this works really well. And if it worked for the Lord and he set that standard, that would be the gold standard. And if you implement that, it will work well for you too. Praise God. But don't be afraid to deep dive and get past all the raging waves of your soul, of distractions, of all of that stuff. Let it burn up. Let it dissipate. Stay there with the Lord, and you'll get into that quietness. And then when you get there, then push it and take it for all it's worth. And don't leave until you're full. And you'll know when you are. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for your people that they have some submarine journeys, praise God, that they dive deep and they, they know how to make that push and that they will not ever allow their soul to trick them one more time or their flesh to pull the wool over their eyes one more time. But they will dive deep intentionally and on purpose to get into the quiet, inky darkness of your spirit. We thank you for these cave-like places. We thank you for these places of hearing from you. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you can meet him right now. You don't even have to go into a cave. Praise the Lord. All you have to do is pray this prayer from your heart. And he will hear your prayer and he'll answer it right now. If you don't know him as your Savior, but you would like to make Christ your Lord and Savior, pray this right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners. Jesus, I give my heart to you. Come, live on the inside of me. Be the king of my life. Teach me what I need to know. Step into my life. Lead me and guide me. From this day forward, write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. And my friends, those of you that have prayed that, welcome to the family of God. 
God loves you so much. Praise the Lord. Let's get ready today to take Holy Communion. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Praise the Lord. Let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We bless it. We set it apart as holy through this prayer. And this is the body and the blood now of Christ our Savior. Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we thank you that you speak, that you communicate with your people. We thank you for very, very good clarity with you. Thank you, Father God, for our spiritual sonar, our spiritual imagery of being able to pick up what it is that you are trying to convey to us by your spirit. Father, let us be close to you, not drifting, not wasting time, not trying to wait to the last moment and then somehow thinking we're going to flip a switch and decide to be spiritual. Lord, let us seek you right now with all of our hearts. Let that grace be released. We receive the body of Christ now in Jesus name. Let's partake together. Amen. The very first supernatural voice that I ever heard speak to me supernaturally, I heard it was in the spirit, but it, it was so strong that my, my ears picked it up too. And I heard a voice speak to me. I believe it was an angel that said to me, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. When I heard that, I jumped. I was sitting on the bed. I was in my grandmother's house. Uh, in the guest bedroom, and I looked underneath the bed. I thought one of my brothers had somehow snuck into the bedroom and was hiding under the bed playing a trick on me, but there was nobody in the bedroom. There was nobody in the house. I was there by myself, and the Lord spoke to me through one of his holy angels, draw near to God, and he will. Not that he might, not that maybe, you know, no, no, he will draw near to you. One of the greatest ways that you can draw near to the Lord is diving deep, push, go deep, so that you can have that rich communion with God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that through Christ, the mediator between God and man, we now have fellowship with you. We have open communication with you. And Father, since the line is open, we choose to avail ourselves to the heavenly hotline. Father, we thank you for instructions from headquarters. We receive the blood of Jesus with great thanksgiving. In his name we pray. Let us all say, Amen. Praise the Lord. My friends, thank you for joining me today. May you have a blessed week. I look forward to seeing you back real soon. Till then, stay blessed. God bless you, and bye-bye.